Welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and in life. Today's podcast is part of our men's series. These podcasts are geared toward men, but ladies, you're definitely free to listen in. I'm Paul Speed, and I'm your host, and today I'm in the studio with a good friend of mine, Mark Hendrickson. Hello, Mark. How you doing, Paul? Mark Hendrickson is from the Midwest, and I've known Mark for a while, just over 10 years. We've had a great friendship, and there's one thing, though, that I always think of, Mark, when I think of you. I know we serve together in WIT Ministries, and you get to do a lot of um, events and so forth with us. But if I've heard you say this once, I've heard you say it a thousand times, and that is, are you happily married or miserably married? And um, I've seen you go up to couples randomly and just ask them that question, sometimes men. But why is that question? Why does that stand out to you? And why does that become an important question in your life? Well, I think the reason why that question is so important is because when we who uh, when we men who call ourselves Christ followers or Christian, uh, we marry our wives and we promise them, you know, that we'll be happily married forever and all this stuff. And and uh, and, it, and we kind of hope that that is how it's going to be. But when reality, uh, in reality, it it's not that way, and as time goes on in our marriage, um, we allow, we make compromises, we allow sin to come into our life, and you know what? The next thing you know, before we even realize what's happened, we've gone from a happily married situation with our our wife, the one that we promised we'd love her forever, and and we were really excited about um, marrying her. Next thing we know is there's tension, we're miserably married, um, you know, as a, I don't want to go home because I know she's going to be nagging me and because all these things are going on. And, and it's just like we wake up one day and say, what happened? And, of course, we're not being honest with ourselves because we really, deep down our heart, we know what happened. We started making compromises and right. we allowed sin to come into our life, Paul. And, and you know how that goes. And, yeah. Um, would you say when I met you 10 years ago, I, I, if Sue was here, I would ask her, but would Sue say you guys were happily married or miserably married at that point? Oh, she would <laughs> She would definitely say um, it's, it's miserable and something's going on. And she would never ask me this, but she kind of, as when I opened up with her and we got honest with her, she said, well, you know, she said, I felt like you were having an affair. Something was going on because... There was a wall between us. There wasn't this openness that we used to experience and we used to have. Wow. So you would admit then that um, that was obviously a state where you were. But as the husband, again, like me, you're checked out in the marriage. You're indulging in um, pornography, masturbation, your own lust um, and selfishness. Did you consider yourself to be miserably married, or did you just look at her and say, if she would just straighten up, we could both be happy? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it it's can't be my fault, because how could my porn, that she didn't know anything about, that I was hiding it, how could my porn and masturbation, how could that affect our marriage? Obviously, it couldn't or it shouldn't, because she doesn't know anything about it. But what I did know is that um, what happens, what I think is a secret sin and what was going on in my life, I did had no concept of how it was affecting her physically, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, she's having horrible dreams. Physically, sometimes it'd be hard for her to get out of bed in the morning, and she's like, I don't know what's wrong. And of course, I would say, well, why don't you go to a doctor and get fixed, you know? Mm-hmm. And and that was not it. And it was, it was amazing that as we started this journey of coming out of... of 
putting away that porn and admitting to it, humbling myself and seeking forgiveness and trying and doing everything I could by God's grace to restore a relationship, guess what? Uh, those horrible nightmares my wife had uh, left her, the depression that she suffered that we had no idea where it came from, that started to leave. Mm. And emotionally and, and mentally, she started to perk up again. And it's just like, wow, can this, can what I've been doing in, in hiddenness, in secret, can that really affect my wife and our marriage that way and make it so miserable? And obviously mm. it did, and it was not good. Wow, so you began to come clean with her after hearing us speak of, of all the things that you had hidden. Mm -hmm. well, the miserable side of the marriage, um, like us, your parents, um, you were a parent uh, mm -hmm. to several children. So um, was that spilling over into that part of the family or was it just marriage was miserable, but hey, everything else was fine? Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was because um, I'd come home from work and, and uh, again, I did most of my hidden sin I did at work and we owned our own business and so I just figured, well, if surely it doesn't affect anything. But my wife later on, Sue said, you know, you come home and you sit at the table and eat with us, but she said it's like you were zoned out, you'd be looking out the window. And as conversation was going around the table, you wouldn't be involved in it. And wow. I was like, wow. You know, and I guess when we're when we're totally um, allowing the enemy to deceive us, when we're trying to justify the hiddenness of our sin or whatever we're doing, hmm. um, we really do not understand how it's affecting us. In fact, I had no idea why um, my son's uh, my son started hating me and why you know he get angry and why he say, "Dad, I hate you." Um, I thought I was a good dad. You know, mm. I took him to church on Sunday. Right. I looked good on the outside. I, I looked like a, a really great guy, you know. But, uh, oh my, what hypocrisy was was going so on. So he, he didn't know anything, just like Sue didn't know anything. <laughs> but yet, he's feeling something inside so much that he would be that verbal to you that, Dad, I hate you. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's, I, I think there's probably nothing harder to take from a child a child that um, you've been a father to is to have him look you in the eye and say, "Dad, I hate you." That's like, that's like a slap in the face. That's that's uh, really tough to take. Hmm. And uh, but yet, man, was I so deserving of it because of my selfishness. You know, I just put my needs ahead of you know when I could have been doing engaged in in the life of my son or my sons and my daughter, you know, is, is, well, I, I got to work late. I got, and of course, obviously my working late was just there to, uh, an excuse to feed my own s selfish sin. And so I wouldn't take the time to engage in their life, to play mm -hmm. games with them, to go, you know, camping with them or fishing with them. Like, you know, I really should have done like right. my dad did with me, you know, so. Right. So they felt you were checked out just as much mm -hmm. as Sue did, just in a different way. So, mm -hmm. Um, totally. Wow, that is really interesting because, you know, when you talk about being checked out at the dinner table or at other times in the family, you know, I can remember when Jenny used to call me on the carpet on that and say, honey, you're just checked or whatever. She didn't know it. But inside of me, there was something that would just burn toward her. Like, how dare you call me on the carpet like I'm dissing? And there was, that's how selfish I was. Like, don't I have time to my own time to just zone out and ignore you guys? Mm -hmm. Now that I look back and I think I. I was so blind. The, the miserable part of my marriage and my family was because of me. But yet I kept looking at her and all these other reasons that would be causing it. But the truth is, um, it started with me as the husband 
and um, yeah, and I was blowing it. Yeah, there's a there's a saying that um, I heard before, and and uh, says you'll never understand the need to change until you see that change is needed. Hmm. Well, when we're zoned out, we have no idea that change is needed. Hmm. Our wife will say something to us, and at first they start to say it in a kind way, and honey, would you kind of consider this, or you take time with the kids, or whatever. And then after a while, it goes from being kind and trying to come alongside to where we, um, it's nagging. And because we just don't see it, this is how um, selfishness takes us down this road of just being oblivious to the obvious. Right. And our wife see it, sees it, that we're disengaged. Our kids know we're disengaged, but we think that we're engaged, that we're, that we're normal, mm. but we are abso- mm. absolutely deceived. Wow, so that change that came in your life, when did that begin? When did that change start? Well, I think it came, obviously it came after I first heard you and Jenny speak about the hidden moral failures in a father's life, but then we came to the first Whit Marriage Conference, and as we began to go through this material, my understanding started to open up. And this word humility, as as I began to understand that word humility, Humility means that um, that when my wife speaks to me and there's a concern, that I listen to her, that I humble myself, and um, I listen to her. And you know what? I may not totally believe what she's saying. And, and in fact, my human nature wants to kind of rear up and, and start um, complaining or blaming or trying to explain away or, or trying to justify or saying, but, you know, but, but this, but, but what about this, but what about this? When I stopped doing that, and I say I listened to her, and then I began to listen to her, her heart, and I knew I was broken. I just didn't know what needed to be fixed. And as I began to to listen to her, and I began to believe her, and um, I mean, after all, she's supposed to be my helpmeet. She's supposed she's my best friend, and why would she want to hurt us? And and so she really wants to be happily married to me. And so as I began to think through these things in my head, it's like, okay, Mark, stop. Listen to Sue. Listen to her really close because this could save your marriage. This could move you from being a miserable husband, miserably married to this wife, to being back to where we were when we first got married. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, you can't do this, or I couldn't do it until I truly humbled myself and and when I humbled myself, the another amazing thing happened is, is I began to feel God's grace come upon not only myself, but then also upon my wife, Sue, who, you know, God says my grace is sufficient. And, and it really was because here she, after, you know, after all the things I'd done to her, but, you know, the selfishness of the pain I caused her, she is able to come alongside and say, you know what, I want to be happily married to you again. I want to restore this. I can forgive you, and I can show mercy the same way God shows mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it really began to to bring us back together again when I that when I showed humility, when I lived humility, when I embraced humility, and I was able to to really begin to to listen to her and understand her pain and her hurt. You know, mm-hmm. one day Paul she said to me, she says, Mark, I feel like the the past um, n- number of years of our life, our whole marriage has been a sham because of the hidden sin um, and what it's done to not only our marriage, but then also to our children, how it's affected them and, and damaged them so much. And, um, you know, that, that 
thought came to me, the number one complaint of married women um, that they have is that you stole my choice. You never told me who you really were when we married. Mm. So of course I said, yes, I'll marry you. And I was excited about it. But if only you'd give me the choice and you would have told me, you know what, Sue, um, but this is who I really am. Right. Will you still marry me? And uh, thank goodness God's grace was sufficient for my wife. And, mm-hmm. and she grabbed a hold of it, too. She really has. Just watching you all over the years, she is definitely your ally, um, your battle partner. Yeah. And um, you guys are powerful together. But what did that timeline for the listener who's listening going, but you don't understand my marriage or it's been too long, too much water under the bridge. You know, we hear all sorts of excuses from men as far as reasons why, but you don't know my wife. My wife's not like Sue. My wife's got a big anger problem. Or It's always something, but just to make sure everybody knows, I know it wasn't instantaneous. You didn't say, oh, I think I'll come clean with yeah. Sue like Paul did, and I'm going to be happily married too. It took time. What did that timeline kind of look like? Well, I'd say we were probably somewhere around 27, 28 years into our marriage wow. when this first came up. So, um, so obviously there's a lot of stuff buried and it took a, a a long time to get oh not you know it took a while to get all this junk out and to be mm-hmm. totally open and honest with her and so she really knew who i was and so she could really truly be my battle partner but then we went to the first wit marriage um, intensive and it really helped us we got learned a lot of information but mm-hmm. at the first one we were just you know bleeding from all kinds of wounds and so when we came back from the first one, we started to work on our plan of action and we started to, to heal and we started to get better. And then when the, the second one came along, um, we talked about it and said, hey, you know what? We're, we're better, we're at a different place. And I think we should go back and, and go through this material again. And you know what? The exciting thing is, is that when we went back and we hit the second one, uh, even though the material was the same, we were at a totally different mm, place right. in our relationship. And it sounded, some of this material, I, I, I would have sworn that we never heard it the first time. And mm. we didn't. We really didn't. I mean, you guys presented it. But we were just trying to survive, just mm. trying to get our marriage back at, at, at the first one. And then as we came to the third one, is just like, oh, yeah, now I could, you know, and, and we got something different the third time. But but each time that we came back, we started to see an improvement in our relationship. You know, we started to go from being miserably married to happily married. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, um, that was really an encouragement because I like being happily married. My wife. <laughs> it's <laughs> a little better than being miserably married, isn't yeah. it? And that's why I always say to these guys when I'm talking to them, you know, you can be happily married or miserably married. Being miserably married is stupid. And, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm blunt with it like that because, you know what? Um, when there's information, the only thing that's separating you from being happily married is humbling yourself and then getting the education or the information and starting to apply it to your marriage, to your relationship. Um, out of that, uh, by God's grace, you can begin to have this incredible, wonderful uh, marriage with your wife again. Mm. And you can look forward to being with her. She looks forward to being with you. And that companionship relationship starts to happen again. And uh, that Mm. is a cool thing. And guess what? It's not only your wife that's happy about it, but your kids are happy about it too because they have dad and mom back Mm. together again. Wow, that is powerful, Mark. And your story has definitely um, 
shown me and it's shown hundreds of men over the last 10 years as I've worked along beside you that you can move from being miserably married to happily married and it's um, an incredible thing to work along beside you. So there's one other question I want to ask you um, and we're going to hold that over till after the break but I know there's some husbands, there's men listening and, and wives and they want to know what do I do? What can I do to turn my marriage like you did Mark or you did Paul from being miserable to being happy? I'm going to ask him that question in just a minute, but we're going to take a short break. So please stick around. Men, are you tired of being controlled by your addictions, frustrated and want to overcome the shame of sexual sin? Do you want to gain lasting victory over pornography, drugs, or alcohol? I'm Paul Speed, founder of Whatever It Takes Ministries, and I invite you to attend the next Four Days to Freedom Men's Intensive. Four Days to Freedom is designed to help men break free from strongholds and addictions, as well as learn to walk in freedom from past failures. For more information, go to whateverittakesministries.com or call 800-605-1875. All right, we're back, and I'm sitting here again with Mark Hendrickson, and we've been talking today about being, are you miserably married or happily married? And it's a very, very important question which all of us couples need to ask. And the beautiful thing, again, about hearing Mark today is that, you know what, you don't have to live in a marriage that's miserable. That doesn't mean get divorced. It means get happy. Do the things that it takes in order to change. And you said earlier, Mark, in the first session that, you know what, you like being happily married so much more than being miserably married. And I totally agree with you. I feel the same way. And um, But I guess the question I want to ask you now is uh, a husband out there listening or a wife, maybe listening together, but they've got that question. They know that maybe something's wrong. Maybe it's not hidden sin like our situations. Maybe it's something else, but they know they're not happy in their marriage. Uh, obviously, some selfishness on one side or the other, but... What's something they can do? What's a step um, that they can do to change that from being miserable to being happy? Well, the biggest thing is getting having education and learning from others who've been miserably married and are now happily. And we call those people credible messengers. And um, if you're if you're going to a counselor and they don't understand that or they don't understand where you're at um, and they try to tell you something, they're not really believable and they give you maybe some exercises. Hopefully those exercises help, but if you've been there, you've done that, and you're still in the same spot where you're at, um, it's time to come to a WIT marriage intensive. And um, it's at WIT that we put each couple, and this is what's unique about a WIT marriage intensive. Um, we don't have somebody speaking down to you who doesn't understand your situation, who doesn't um, understand how to um, bring a marriage back together from being totally miserable, where there's hidden sin, where there's lying, deception, um, where all there's hurt and pain is at. Uh, but we, at each table that a couple sits at, we have a coaching couple who came years ago to our conference, uh, totally messed up, miserably married. And as they went through the wet marriage intensive, you know what they started to put into play into their marriage um, they started to do what it takes to do, and that's why we call it whatever it takes. And they started to do whatever it takes to correct the the mess in their marriage and to make it right. And as they did that, we we as we watch them, we see them totally change, and we see this joy in relationship come back together again. We see this companionship relationship where they just absolutely are enjoy being together. They enjoy traveling. We see it not only in the husband and wife, but we see their family responding. We see their children 
And when they're, they've got it going well and we see it totally changing, we ask them to come and serve as coaches. And so at each table, as you come and sit in your, in, into our marriage intensive, you'll have a truly believable couple who knows where you've been and are able to share their experiences and say, you know what, it can work for you too. And this is what we are going to encourage you to do. And so they help you uh, write up a plan of action. And as you go through the weekend, we take a, from each session, we take a, uh, different points out and we help, we encourage you to write them down. And then um, they help you put those down on a piece of paper, a plan of action. And then we send you out with that, and then we'll coach you through it as we go through it. So um, this is unique about um, WIT Ministries, and it is it works tremendously uh, well. And so the um, so I just encourage you to mm. to check into it, um, go on the web, and and check us out. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, when you said getting the education, a lot of times, you know, I didn't know why I was miserably married, and if somebody asked me if I was honest enough to tell, which I wouldn't have because I was hiding things. But the truth is I didn't know, nor did I really see anybody around me that I felt exemplified what that happy marriage looked like authentically. And that's what I love about our WIT intensives is it's not just Jenny and I, but Mark, it's you and Sue. It's other couples that come that have all been there. We've been in horrible marriages, messed up marriages because of whatever hidden sin or other mistakes we made along the way. And we've applied the same principles we teach during the weekend. And God's used those to be able to turn these couples around to where they don't have to live in a miserable marriage, but in a they can live in a happy marriage. And that's what's been so powerful about it. So, Mark, I want to thank you so much today because you're not only a great friend, but I think this is going to be a benefit um, to others who are listening. And um, today, I think you can clearly hear that, you know what, the good news is you don't have to be um, in a miserable marriage. You can have a happy marriage, but you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. Wouldn't you agree, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. And um, so give them the information, Paul, on how to find out about this. I'll do it. And thank you so much uh, for being here today, uh, Mark. And if you're listening today and it's not you and you say, well, my marriage is great. Well, I know you know a couple that doesn't have a happy marriage. You've either talked to the wife or a husband. You've talked to another husband. Pass this podcast along. It may be the best thing that ever comes into that person's life is to get involved with WIT Ministries and see their marriage turn around. But if you've got further questions or you want to know about Whatever It Takes Ministries or how we can help you, please contact us through our website at witwitministries.com or whateverittakesministries.com or call us at 336-310-5050. And thank you again for joining us today. And until next time, remember, your life can be different if you're willing to do whatever it takes.